In theory, Christopher Hussein has the perfect business for investors. A large, lucrative market, real estate, loads of industry experience, and a product that's already live and bringing in $70,000 in monthly revenue. And bonus, one of the investors, Phil, is already in his corner. It was Phil's idea to bring Christopher on the show. Seems like this founder has everything that investors are looking for. Except this pitch devolves into, I don't even know how to describe what happens in this pitch. You're just going to have to listen. From Gimlet, I'm Josh Muccio, and you're listening to The Pitch. Let's meet our investors. I'm Sarah Downey. Sarah's a partner at Accomplice, and they've invested $600 million in over 200 startups. One example, a company called DraftKings. I'm Charles Hudson. Charles started Precursor Ventures, where he's invested $50 million in over 170 startups. I'm Jillian Manis. Jillian is a partner at Structure Capital, where they've invested $98 million in high-profile startups like Uber. I'm Michael Hyatt. Michael built and sold two software companies for over $500 million. And now he invests for himself. I'm Phil Nadell. Phil built companies that have sold for hundreds of millions of dollars. Now he manages Forefront Venture Partners, one of the largest syndicates on AngelList. The pitch for the perfect business gone so wrong is coming up in just a moment. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. We hear a lot of pitches on this show. I mean, no surprise there, it's the name of the podcast. But the entrepreneurs who come on this show, they're pitching more than just a business idea. They're pitching their dream. Because when you run a small business, you're putting your whole self into it. State Farm gets that. And they work with small business owners across the country to help create personalized plans that are built for their small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hi. Hey, how are you doing? Hi. Hi, I'm Sarah. How are you? Nice to meet you. Hey, Christopher. Hey, nice to meet you. Hey, Charles. Nice to meet you. Christopher confidently strides into the room and shakes the investors' hands. Remember when that was a thing people did? Yeah. By the way, this was recorded last year. All right. Um, well, so my name is Christopher Hussein. I'm the CEO and founder of Realkey. And so homeownership, we all can agree that that is supposed to be the American dream, right? Except for once you find that dream house and you make that first offer, as it's a total freaking nightmare. There is so much documentation and so much information needed by all of these different parties involved. Now you think you're making progress and then all of a sudden you need an updated tax return or a bank statement has a deposit that needs a letter of explanation. Now, you think it's bad for you. Imagine the lender and the broker on the other side who does for a living. They spend their entire day calling, emailing, updating all the parties involved. Where is this? Where is that? This wasn't done right. You're talking about title, escrow, real estate agents, the home buyer, insurance agents, so many of these different parties. Now, I was one of these loan officers. In fact, I was actually the top loan originator in the U.S. for two straight years. And Holy I can crap. tell you that, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm in front of you right now with a solution to that problem. With RealKey, we filled the gaps to make the most efficient, enjoyable, and effortless experience possible for all of the parties involved. In fact, our MVP within only four months reached 70,000 MRR. 
and we're raising a million dollars right now to go through and to grow our sales and support team to grow uh, our current market. Christopher's first bare bones product is a communication tool for mortgage lenders to work with home buyers. And he's got $70,000 in monthly revenue. That's exactly the kind of thing investors want to hear. Tell us about your MRR. Tell us yeah. what, what, what's in that 70000 What's your gross margin? How did that work? Absolutely. So we're a software as a service. Uh, we charge $99 per month per user. A user for us is on the lender side. So everybody else is free. Typically, how many licenses do you sell per brokerage? Per office, the offices we focus on are 50 and up. Typically, size is about 100 per office. Um, so, yeah. so you've got 100 times $99 per office? Yes. Uh, Has offices. anybody shut you off yet? shut us off. As far as churn, so we had less than 1% churn over the last year. Do you get any resistance from people about jumping on this platform? I mean, because it is a new workflow. Does anybody kind of just say like, I've been doing this forever and I'm doing this my way? What's great about our industry is that typically uh, lenders and brokers, once they have a product, they actually don't change it. Uh, the industry being as stagnant as it is, it's also a very low bar. Can you walk us through your funding rounds yeah. and where you're at in valuation? Uh, so as far as evaluation right now, it's at 7 million. We initially raised 300K at 3 million. We did 500K at 5 million and 700K at 7 million. So we closed that out last August. Christopher has already proven that he can raise money for his startup, but he does have some direct competitors, ones who've raised even more, like hundreds of millions more. How does this compare with something like a Rusify or a Blend for the really oh, yeah. the biggest of the big? Um, so I mentioned our MVP. Our MVP was competing directly with them. Now okay. they've raised substantial amounts of money, uh, right. 300 million from Blend Labs, just for example. Okay. So we need to have something that's different. We took an open-minded approach and looked at what are the gaps that they have. So we actually pivoted last year. What is it? Is it a workflow engine? And then, like oh. once I. Once I log on as my $99 a month, I'm a user. What, what am I experiencing? Well, Take a well, second. Can he just Besides, finish that? Wait, one yeah. second. Because what you're referring to is the current MVP, right? right. And he's pivoting now right. to a new product. Yes, yeah, I just want to hear that. Just for disclosure, I, I referred Christopher, so I'm familiar with, you know, we've talked a lot. So, Christopher, why don't you talk about where you're pivoting to, the, what the new product yes, will absolutely. be, and, what, and how it's right. different. So, uh, when it comes to mortgage, it's a bit of a black box on the other side. Everybody understands getting a mortgage, but nobody understands what the products are that completes it. There's typically uh, three systems, a loan origination system that uh, you use to take an loan application, run credit, enter fees, and send legal documents. If you're thinking this pitch is getting kind of confusing, you're not alone. Long story short, the new post-pivot RealKey takes care of even more annoying real estate paperwork. And he's adding in that special sauce that investors all seem to be clamoring for these days, AI. There's an AI machine learning aspect to it as well to make sure that it's getting better, more efficient over time. We know what documents to get. We also invite in other parties who need access to it. They could chat, communicate in there. It's more efficient. That's what RealKey actually does is we simplify all of that. And is the new product live and in the market yet? Uh, new product is not live in the market. It's going out in Q1. Okay. Uh, so currently, uh, we actually have every all of our current users are on the old platform. The MVP, though, uh, are you currently still acquiring customers, or are you on? No. Still confused? Well, Michael's going to try to put things back on track with one of his favorite things. He wants to know if Christopher's new product. It's just going to help loan officers keep track of their paperwork, 
or if it's going to use machine learning to build a whole system that's smarter. Is it just a workflow engine or does it have specific AI? Uh, it's got both workflow engine and AI onto it. So it's more of a machine learning. AI is a very- What's the machine learning? What is it learning? Uh, What's the new data you're creating? The new data it's learning is so as you do more transactions, uh, we're gonna be seeing, okay, is there a new condition? So you can add conditions or document requirements to a loan. And so if we didn't identify those, that's a miss. What so cost? I, these are dumb questions I'm gonna ask here, but I, I still don't quite get it. Are, are you a sophisticated workflow engine to bring everything together to make the deal happen? Is that what you're doing? I think that the more sophisticated parts of it will come later. Phil, do, have you invested? No, uh, to be completely transparent, uh, I really like what Christopher's doing here. So I told Christopher, I wanna wait and see how the new product launch goes what the existing customers think of it when they convert them over and will they be able to successfully sell the new product and what churn you know i want to see a little bit of traction a little bit of history on the new product because it it's 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 sort of like a relaunch it it is and and it especially concerned me that they're not acquiring customers now they have that on on hold it just should be converting as i'm concerned i think julian brings up a, a question which is you know if the new product is finished Mm-hmm. Why not? Why haven't you already started converting the old users to the new product? So we did have already begun doing that. Okay. So we do know that they are going to be converting because again they've been included in the research when we built our. They will be converting, or they have. But in, are they using it currently? Uh, they're using a MVP version. Some of them are using it. Some of them are waiting for additional features. So what we did was we built uh, a very simplified, dumbed down. MMVP, minimal, minimal viable product. And with that, we found that they wanted things like we didn't have white labeling on there. Uh, they wanted to customize the emails and the letters that went out. So we added that feature. No. So so that's done now. Yes. And the product is now in a, in a more finalized state. Yes. And so are the existing users all converted over? Uh, it's not ready for them to convert over Why? to it. Why isn't it ready? Uh, because we have a few additional features and designs that we're adding to it. So, okay. so it's not in a final stage. You are still adding to it. Yes. Can you just give us, I'm struggling because Mm -hmm. you're a subject matter expert and I love the reason you started this business because you had the problem. Like, so everything's checking out and you're a decent, honest guy. I get all that, but I'm struggling that you can't, Phil continuously in this pitch kind of articulates your situation almost better than you. And number two, what I'm looking from you is, well, what is it and what have you done? Have you built some AI? And, and, you, and you struggle with answering those questions. So I got a subject matter expert and I need to know a bit more of like the the why, why this product? Like, what is the thing? Actually, to go off of that before you answer, I, I had this reaction. I don't know if any of you did when you were talking about like AI and ML. I think that those are the buzzwords today that like blockchain was a yeah. year ago no. and that no. big data was a year no, ago. No, no, I'm not talking about, I'm talking no, no, about, but I, speaking about prediction machine. I'm hold saying on, that if, I agree with you. Like if, if they really had that, that would be something. But right. my intuitive sense when you said that, because I've just been steeled against this from so many pitches, is that you don't have true AI. It's not built. It's just a logic engine, which is fine. But I, it's kind of like snake oil, I hear. I think that when it comes down to an AI, it has to start somewhere. It has to start with somebody going through and building in rules and logic. Right. Yeah. Do you have any data scientists on staff? No, not so. I think I think Sarah's right. I mean, it sounds like more of a logic engine. That's the beginning steps of it. Is it's a logic engine? We are identifying real time as you upload stuff, as you answer questions, as you give us more data and documentation. We're able to identify on the fly what's going to be needed to avoid those days, those hours, those 
that you lose. Sounds like what he's saying is it is going to do that because it's learning. But why are you doing this pitch? You keep answering the questions for him. You're so much better at doing this pitch. That's what's bothering me in this thing. It's like, (laughs) I want to know from this leader, like, what are you doing that's exceptional? Actually, I'm trying to tell you that I do want to invest. I'm Mm. struggling because I've got the subject expert and I don't have the thing. Can I jump in here for a second? Yeah. So I invested in a company that was started by two people who came from Redfin, knew this market inside and out. And so my working theory is, and something that I think we haven't really addressed here is, the reason that I personally think Blend and Rooster 5 had to raise so much money is not be- part of its product complexity. Part of it is customer willingness and ability to implement technology. Yeah. And the thing I think we haven't really discussed here is I think a million dollars is way too little money. And the thing I've been struggling with is you're very smart. You're very in the market. But it doesn't feel to me, every time Phil asks where's the product, it doesn't feel to me like you're as close to product market fit as... I think I thought coming into this, it feels like you've got the thesis about what the product needs to do. You don't have enough data from people using it to know that it's actually hit. And these customers, their desire to digitize, at least what I've seen, is much greater than their ability to digest new technology, particularly on the workflow side. Right. Yeah. And so that's so the reason that we're raising a million dollars right now is to get the feature product sets out as quickly as possible. And we're immediately going into our A round next year. We'll be raising about 10 to $25 million at that point to substantially grow the sales support team. And also, based off of the new users, additional feature sets to go through and to honestly delight the out of them. But you've, you're not acquiring any users now. If the new product is ready, essentially, why aren't you investing in acquiring users for the new product? We do have users coming in right now, so because the product's not ready specifically yet, and we're also been trying to go through and to keep this under wraps as much as possible before going through and expanding out the world, here's the product. Well, so I understand. Do- I mean, you want to keep it under wraps. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that doesn't make you any money. As far as going through and taking new users on right now when the product is missing features, that uh, the one that is completely ready, production ready, that one... We don't want to go through and add a whole bunch of new users that don't. No, uh, not the MVP, right? right. The one you, no, I'm referring to the new product now. The new product now. You said it's it's basically ready. It's not basically, we still have, Q1 means, you know, basically March is where we're so looking So it's at. not ready yet. Okay. Not fully you know, ready. I feel like we've had this circular yeah. conversation, <laughs> which is the users are on the new bit. product, but the new product's not live. Then we're like, oh, so they're yeah. using it. And you're like, well, they're not using it because it's not ready. Right. To me, that means they're not on it. Right. So, and it, yeah, it they, undermines no, it. your credibility. Yes. And yeah. so I'm either like, either I don't it. understand it. I'm missing something. It's not being clearly communicated. Or the worst assumption I'm not making is that you're trying to convince me of something that's actually not true. And you strike me as an honest person, so I'm giving you the Thanks. benefit of the doubt that that's not the intention. <laughs> right. So I think like being clear here that they've committed to use it when you make it available to them would solve a big chunk of this thing that I keep right. struggling with. And you hope it will be March. Uh, yeah. Okay. Listen, you have a lot of what we look for in a founder, um, but I don't see that wow yet. Um, that and and I really really would need to see and have you prove this to get for me to invest at a seven million valuation is very difficult um, at this point. For now, it's a pass. Thank you. So for me, it, it's not going to be a fit, and the reason is it's the communication style that we've been talking about here. I think 
as a CEO and a leader, you need to push yourself to be more big picture. Um, like everyone here has been struggling with the messaging that you've put forward this whole time. And I think you're an expert and that is absolutely clear. And I would love to have somebody like you on my team if I were building something in this in this space. But as a leader, like you have to sell that and paint that big vision and hold people's hands to get there. And we're struggling with that, which makes me worried about, you know, how future customers will react to that. So for me, I'm, I'm out. And, and you know, I think I've made my feelings clear. It's just, it's, it concerns me that the product isn't ready yet and that all customer acquisition is on hold for now. So I want to wait until, in, until the new product is live and we see some numbers. How about you, Mike? Well, look, I want to invest, but I'm going to pass. Um, it's really frustrating. You kind of, in this, in this pitch, you kind of started at a nine and it dipped down and I kind of, I'm really I'm frustrated because you have a big market. It, it, it's great. You're a subject matter expert. I was just expecting more around the product and your answers around data science and where you're going to go. Um, so for that reason, I'm out. But, you know, I think you got something here. But mm. I'm entirely leaving this pitch frustrated. Apologies for that. It's okay. Well, Thank, you for, Thank you for coming. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. Take, Take care. You. Well, that pitch went sideways in a big way. But after Christopher leaves the room, even the investors aren't exactly sure what happened. I wanted to invest, but I, I couldn't because I just didn't feel like could articulate the whole plan, the strategy, the product, the why is there. I kept asking what it is. I guess I'm not smart enough to understand what it is. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I just... Wait until like, I'm not sure I understand what it is. Well, that's why I said my reason was communication. This, this, I, I this episode should be called, What Is It? <laughs> yeah. The Faith No More song? <laughs> why did it take us 40 minutes to realize the product? Uh, not only is it not live, it won't be live yes. until Q1, which I really means Q2. That really yeah. I was, I was, this is like it. the most frustrating pitch I've ever had. Yeah. Like he didn't chronologically there wasn't tell a jerk the story absolutely. and right. hold our hand. Right. He said in the beginning that the launch was happening in Q1 2020, but then it was the MMVP, right. and then it was we this the previous customer. product. The investors are frustrated. When we come back from break, let's find out how Christopher feels. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. As rewarding as it may be, small business owners have a lot riding on their shoulders. It's a lot of stress to own, run, and grow your small business, not to mention finding someone who can give you the answers and support you need. But State Farm agents aren't just there to understand your small business needs, they're there to prioritize them and help create personalized plans with your needs in mind. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. Small business owners know that it's not just business, it's personal. Your business is your life, and State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know what it takes. They can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. And they live and work in your community. So you're not just getting an insurance plan, you're getting that personal touch. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
Welcome back. Christopher Hussein pitched our investors right when his company, RealKey, was in the middle of a pivot. It had been a product for a home buyer to work with a mortgage lender, but his new product was to organize everyone involved in a home loan, lender, buyer, underwriter, agents, and help them communicate and help them handle the reams of paperwork involved in buying a house. It's a complicated process, and his pitch didn't help clarify it. I feel like the investors were never really clear, even at the end of the pitch. Like, I don't think they were ever really clear on what your product actually did. Obviously, I could have done a better job uh, explaining it. I got to tell you, uh, I came out of that so depressed, uh, you know, really down in dumps. I ended up uh, calling, uh, you know, my wife, called our investors, got them to cheer me up, you know, buckle up, get back on the horse. You're doing okay. Don't worry about it. You know, I think it had to do with it was just a different pitch. The pitch that I gave was more uh, about the story of getting there. And really, that's something that uh, I know and I knew and have learned to focus on more is that as much as I think that the, I would love to think that the investors want to invest in me because they love me and I'm, you know, their favorite and they <laughs> like my personality. Being honest, they don't give a about my personality, about who I am. They give a about my numbers and mm-hmm. whether I'm a good investment at the end of the day. You mentioned after you left, like it was really hard. What was so hard about it? I think what's hard about it is that I've typically got a fairly tough skin. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. you have to have a lot of grit to be in this. I've been doing this a long time. Yeah. But I had been coming off of a bunch of wins, you know, winning all of these different pitch competitions, you know. And so I had a little bit of cockiness going into it, thinking that everything's been great. And then to see that it wasn't uh, kind of caught me off guard. At the same time, I listened to the show religiously. I've listened to every single episode. And... These are celebrities. Imagine, you know, you play basketball and, you know, LeBron James is your hero. Yeah. And you finally go to play ball with him and he tells you, hey, uh, yeah, don't quit your day job. You suck. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, not necessarily that you suck, but, you know, hey, um, no offense, I wouldn't have you on the Lakers. But since then, Christopher has stepped up his game and he had to make a pretty big change to his pitch because our investors weren't the only ones who were confused. Pivot definitely has tripped up a lot of investors. And that's why we tried to just focus on the current product because at the end of the day, that's what we're moving forward with and that's what's creating traction right now. Oh, so you don't even talk about the original pre-pivot. We don't talk about the original product. I mean, if so, instead of using the word pivot, as soon as you use the word pivot, it's like a record stopping. It's like you know nails on a chalkboard because a lot of companies have not done very well with pivots. That's so strange. I feel like what I've heard on the show is the opposite and that they're like, own the pivots, like tell the narrative (laughs) of how it, where you've come from, because it shows you can learn and respond to the market. I don't think that they're necessarily truly pivoting though. They're talking about business models versus an entirely new product. So then how do you communicate it now so that there isn't that confusion? Best way, so how we usually do it is we usually don't bring that up until after we're done. And I want to make sure that you're focused on the current product and not the old product because the old product at the end of the day doesn't matter that much. It really doesn't. I mean, it it had traction. It's cool. You know, it did a lot of things. It got us to where we are today. But at the end of the day, that's not our future. 
And so you're not investing in our past, you're investing in our future. And the good news is he found investors to buy into that future. Christopher says they've raised $700,000 since his pitch on our show, and that the product launch he's been talking about this whole time is finally happening. Christopher is super psyched about it. The Pitch is hosted by me, Josh Muccio, produced by Chris Neary, Heather Rogers, and Max Gibson. We're edited by Sarah Saracen. Original music in today's episode from So Wiley, Breakmaster Cylinder, and The Muse Maker. We are mixed by Enoch Kim, with special help in this episode from Sam Baer. Lisa Muccio coordinated this recording. The Pitch is a Spotify original podcast. You can follow us on Spotify. or also on Twitter and Instagram at The Pitch Show. Thank you so much for listening. Tell your friends about the show and we'll be back with a new episode in two weeks. See you then. This episode of The Pitch was brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you've been listening to our show for a while, You can tell every business owner has a unique set of problems to solve. That's why small business owners want someone to not only understand, but prioritize their needs. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know how to help you choose personalized plans to fit your needs and budget. They get it, plain and simple. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.